a little short review. Brother Copeland said, an active living faith is the secret to success. Now put that screen up, please, if you have it. Uh, Brother Hagen said these words, the secret to a successful apostolic ministry. Well, interesting, because that's what kind of what we have. But that's what God said to him on December the 1st, 1948. Okay, it took him 35 years to preach this, and it's been 40 years since that time. So it's 75 years since this word came forth uh, in his life, and it applies to us. The secret to a successful apostolic ministry is first, full of faith and power. What's God's side? The power. What's your side? The faith. Remember what Copeland said, an active living faith is the secret to success. What is the secret to success? Uh, uh, full of faith and power. Now watch the next statement. Using the divine given instruments of travail and compassion will make you irresistible. A lot of people have no clue what travail is and they don't really know what compassion is either. And we'll talk about compassion second, but because he listed travail first, so I want to talk about the first thing. But compassion is a very interesting study, and we're going to do that together as a congregation because you need to understand what compassion is if, if God's going to use you in that. But travail is what I'm focusing on right now. And so I want to, I want to remind you, like, when it says a divine given instrument, the, the, the three words divine given instrument is a very important phrase. This statement, divine given instruments, is a bit of an oxymoron. But it's not because God said it. So we just have to figure out how, how, what, how it works. Yes. Divine given means God has to do it. But an instrument means you have to do it. I can hand Taylor a pen, right? If I'm God and this is an instrument for him to write with, he doesn't have a pen. He needs me to give it to him. Without me giving him the pen, he can't write. So he is dependent on a divine given instrument. But once I hand the instrument to him, whose side is it on? Is it on my side to write or his side to write? Now he has the instrument and he better start using that instrument. So this is why it is like, it is like both sides of the same coin, both edges of the same blade. There is something here that God has to give but as soon as it's given, he requires you to use it because once he's done his part, you have to do your part. And both these areas of travail and compassion are like that. They're two-edged swords. God has to give you it, but you also have to use it once it's given. So I said, well, Lord, how do you, what do I do to cause you to give me travail? Because once you give it to me, I have to use it like an instrument. Yes. Precise. You know, travail can actually be a precision instrument. People just look at it all like sloppy. Well, I don't know, you're praying and you're blubbering and you're groaning. I don't know. No, no, it's an instrument that is to be used with precision, to with skill. God wants us to become skillful with this area called travail. Wigglesworth said that, that, that intercession, which is really another, a, a little lighter form of travail, but it's in the same class, it's in the same family, can unlock any safe in the world. There are situations that my wife and I have faced and we have been speaking our confession. Are you listening to me? Yes. Speaking, speaking, speaking. There's healing issues. There's family issues. We've been speaking. And one day the Holy Ghost said, your speaking is right. I'm not telling you to stop that. But the enemy that you are facing is so large, yeah. 
and he gave me an example that I would understand. He said, it's like shooting a, a, a 45 gun against, against a tank. It's not that your words aren't powerful or right, but for this level of problem, it's going to take more than just confession. So uh, there's other weapons in your arsenal. It's not just your 45. You have tank busters. You have explosive devices that can be fired and can go right through that hardened metal and destroy it. We have weapons at our disposal. The problem is most Christians don't even know they have weapons. And if they do, they pull out their BB gun and they're trying to go against an aircraft carrier. And what you need is a, is a working torpedo, not a BB gun. In the natural, we all say that's obvious, but it's amazing how people in the spiritual are so ignorant. And they're firing the BB gun for 20 years saying, I don't know why this doesn't work. It works in certain capacities. Words always work, always. But sometimes you have to add with your words other weapons of mass destruction. Mass destruction to your enemy. Mass destruction to what you're facing. And I'm telling you something. My wife and I are not experts, but we're also not novices. And there's a big difference. Because a lot of people talking about this subject, they don't know what they're talking about. And they'll get into weird, strange, off-the-wall doctrines that get into weirdness. And we are not weird. We are in the middle of the road. But Dad Hagen taught about this. And Pastor Nancy operates in this a lot. More privately than publicly. And I've been with her many times when she's operated in it in depth. I've asked her many questions. She, I've been with Dr. Dufresne when he's operated in it. She was with him a lot more than me, of course. And she's asked him a lot of questions. They were with Dad Hagen, who was the platinum standard and understood this almost more than anybody. He was with Rachel Tiefeltiller. And what's the other one? Jeannie Wilkerson. They were ones that got assigned to help pray for him. What's the man? Phil Helverson and his wife, Fern. I mean, th these people understood matters of the spirit realm in a way that 99.9999999% of Christians have never even smelt, let alone touched. So when people that know more than you talk, shut up and listen. And don't think that you know everything. So that's why when I'm around those older than me and I'm in prayer meetings with them and I'm so grateful because Pastor Nancy is inviting me to pray with her more. And that is the greatest honor of my life. Because when she asked me to come pray with her, like you don't understand what, the, what an honor that is because she don't just have anybody pray with her. And people can hinder her and people, she can drag people. So the fact that she even asked me means I'm not dragging her. I mean, I mean that, that means more to me than anything because I want to be a spiritually skillful man. And she is very sensitive. So I'm shocked. You know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm more nervous to pray with her than I am to preach in front of her. Oh, when I preach, the anointing comes on me. It's not even me. But when I pray, I need the anointing to come on me too. A lot of people, a lot of ministers are used to the anointing to preach, but they don't know the anointing to pray. And so I know the anointing to preach. I've been doing it 32 years, but I don't know the anointing to pray. I haven't been doing that for 32 years. I've been praying, but I don't know the anointing to pray. So when she says, come and pray with us, I get nervous. Because I know that she'll pick things up. She's crazy. She is like a, like a heat-seeking missile. 
And I actually go in there a little bit nervous because I'm like, well, I'm comfortable with the anointing to stand up in front of her and preach, but I'm not that skillful. I'm not as skillful as I want to be with the anointing to pray. And when we get into those deeper prayers, I know any little thing she'll pick up. And so I'm kind of like, Lord, just cover me, just around me, over me, just cover me. I don't please, I repent for everything. And, and I'm sorry for that. And what I did 12 years ago, I'm so sorry for that too. Because I know that in that atmosphere, it's, it's different to a preaching atmosphere. It's different to a service. It's like God comes in that room. And he exposes everything. But he'll ex he won't embarrass you if you're willing to do it with him privately. But if you're not willing to do it privately, he'll, he'll bring it out. And I've heard stories about those people like Jeannie Wilkerson with others that were in the room. And they've embarrassed them because the anointing is different. And they'll say, that person who's sitting in this area, and they'll call it out. And there's only four people in there. <laughs> so the one has to come clean. Yeah, you're doing that. I see it in the spirit. You don't pray with Rachel Tifa Tiller if you've got any form of sin because you'll be called out. Billy Brim ran up to, what was it, Jeannie and, and oh, Ra Rachel trying to help her in prayer one day because she was groaning and she was travailing and she couldn't get. And this lady, Dad Hagen would pray with her. I mean, this lady knew something and she couldn't push through. Can you imagine what the pressure was, what the darkness was for her not to be able to push through? And so Billy ran to her to, and grabbed her to try to help her. And she threw her off in front of a whole congregation. She pushed her away and she said, not you, get away from me. And she kept praying. And Billy's the one who's hosting the service. It's like Pastor Nancy praying and me running up to help her and her pushing me back in my seat and saying, don't you touch me, not you, get away from me. But you see, when you're in the spirit, there's a sensitivity and there's a knowing and there's, a, there, there's another set of rules. And people can sometimes think you're gruff and that you're mean, but you're, in a, you're literally in another realm. And Billy's a, a spiritual woman and a prayer warrior. But in that moment, it wasn't what Rachel needed. I'm telling you, there's, there's a whole world. There's a whole world. Anyway. Travail, it, well, there's things my wife and I have faced and we are getting more skillful in it where, where I'm telling you, you need other weapons in your arsenal to move certain things. Yes. Some things you need, you need more than you need. You don't ever, let me put it this way. It's not, don't look at it like you put your 45 in its holster and you pull out your tank buster. It's not that. It's you keep firing with the 45 and you pull out the tank buster. You don't ever put your confession in the closet. You don't ever stop your confession of faith. You always speak because it's necessary. But sometimes more power is needed than just that. And, and there's different, for, there's, there's angels, there's the blood, there's different elements of our weaponry. But I'm telling you, my wife and I have never found anything that works better or stronger. And I don't want to compare because... Angels are involved in travail. The blood is involved with travail, so you're not lessening. But I'm saying if you learn how to get in the spirit and tackle that thing in the spirit and the Holy Ghost come on you when you're praying and, and it takes you to that deeper form of intercession where you can't even articulate words. Now, I know what I'm saying is maybe dangerous to speak to baby Christians. I can talk to pastors about it because they know what I'm talking about. But there's people in this room that are baby Christians. And I don't want you to think this is weird. You start by praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. You get faithful and comfortable to do that at length. 
as you get skillful, you will step into the spirit. Not that you go into some white cloud. That's an outer body experience. That's not what I'm talking about, an outer body experience. But where your tongues, the, 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 the anointing, the surge changes, your, your, your mind becomes more, more narrow. You're not all over the map anymore. You can sense the power of God on you. Sometimes your tongues change sound. Sometimes they don't. But you just know I'm in a flow that I wasn't in five minutes ago. That's called getting in the spirit. Now, if you'll keep going, don't just stay there. Go to the next level. Go to the next level. You'll find the Holy Ghost will start to come on you. And there'll be something that comes up out of your stomach area because that's where your spirit man is. And there'll be like a, like you, you feel, you feel sad, but you're not sad. There'll be a burden, what we call a burden of prayer. There'll be a, tr- a groaning that comes and you start to, uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's hard. And it's physically hard on your body because your body's not used to doing that. But the Holy Ghost is taking hold with you. Romans 8, 26. You know not how you pray as you ought to. But the Spirit himself makes, makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered in articulate speech. Amen. And you'll start to sense these, wor- the, these sounds. They're not even really words. There's sounds that start coming out and it's like you're groaning. It's like you're weeping. It's like you're under this heavy burden. And the first time it happened to me, I didn't really know what was going on because I hadn't had teaching. It scared me a little bit. Then I realized, oh, this is the Holy Ghost using me, helping me, cooperating with me. He's not doing it alone. I'm not doing it alone. He is helping me do this. In fact, the Greek says the Spirit makes intercession for us. It means to come along opposite you and to pick up that thing and move it with you. It's not you alone. It's not him alone. He is helping you, but you are always the starter. He is never the starter. You are praying, trying to lift the log. And then he comes opposite. That's what it means. Over, opposite, eye to eye. He comes opposite you. He looks at you and he says, I've come to help you. On the count of three, we're going to do this together because you can't, but I can. But I have to let you start so that I can now help you. I can't do it without cooperation, but you are doing it. Now let me help you, boy. And, one, and then you move that, but that as you're groaning, that's what's happening. It's not just you, it's him. Now that intercessory type has different levels. It's not, there is a shallow level and then there's a medium and then there's a deeper level. When you get into the deeper levels of travail, it's to the point where at times, and and I I intercede often, but true travail is something that's the deepest form of prayer a human being can participate in. And it does not happen as frequently as regular intercession does. And if you've ever experienced it with most people in this room have never experienced it. But if you're hungry for God, start with praying in the spirit. Get into the spirit number two. And then you'll start to intercede with groanings. Romans 8, 26, number three. And if you're faithful to that, it can get down so deep that you're touching another realm. You're touching heaven. And at many times, you're not even aware sometimes of your... When I get into true travail, I'm not having an out-of-body experience, but it is so overwhelmingly deep, I'm actually not aware of my surroundings. So that's why I will never do that in a public setting. It's not appropriate for a woman to give birth in front of everybody. You shouldn't be seeing that. It is appropriate for the woman to go behind closed doors with a specialist, not called a doctor, who will help her. I go behind closed doors for the deepest form, and I have the Holy Ghost specialist with me. I don't do that in public. Pastor Nancy never does that in public. And she told me, she said, the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to do it in public because people do not understand it. 
But I have gone so deep at times where I'm not even aware of my surroundings anymore. And I'm in that. I'm at, and at such a depth. And at, at, it's not even you can't. It's almost not even you almost don't have the ability to groan even. I mean, you can. But it, but that Greek word means to say agonizing sighs. There, sometimes there, there, you can't even articulate tongues. It's so deep. You're just you're pushing. You're give, you're literally birthing something in the realm of the spirit and God needs you to do that. And if you're faithful, he'll let you go down to those deeper areas, but they're so holy. They're almost too holy to talk about in a service like now, because I don't want people to misunderstand and then think we're talking about weird things, but I'm, I'm just letting you know, cause if I don't tell you, you won't know there are deeper realms of prayer. There are realms called travail that most people don't know anything about. But you can, it's open to everybody, not just ministers. It's open to every hungry heart who says, I want God to use me in prayer. And my wife and I have found, honey, when we've seen it over and over and over. And right now we're in the, we're in a battle of about five different things right now. But we have found over the time, over the years that when we get into that deeper form of intercession and even down the deepest form, which is travail, situations that look utterly and absolutely impossible, situations that we have faced for years and using our faith and using our confession and it's made small difference, but hardly any. You get into that kind of prayer, sometimes within hours, sometimes it takes days, but that situation turns. And, it, and I know it didn't happen because I was confessing, although I don't ever put my confession in the closet. It happened because I pulled out my tank buster. I pulled out my torpedo. I had a battleship I was facing, but my torpedo sunk it. And it was an extra measure of power that I needed that is beyond what I can accomplish on my own. Jenny, I can pray, but in order to travail, you need the anointing of God to come on you. You can start and cooperate. He says, Pat, I said, Lord, how do I do this? What do I do? Because you've got to give it to me. He said, get in position. Get in position. If Taylor needs to write something and he's on the treadmill, is he in position? When he gets to his desk and he sits down and he's focused and he says, I'm ready for the pen. He's more likely to get the pen. Not when he's in the shower. When I come and I pray and I pray in the spirit, I'm positioning myself. I'm saying, Holy Ghost, I'm here. Uh, Lord, I can't do it if you don't come on me. I can pray by your utterance according to Acts 2, 4. But I, if I'm going to do this Romans 8, 26 thing, if I'm going to do this travail thing, I need another measure of power that I don't have. It's a divine given instrument. You've got to come and put that on me. But I cooperate. I position myself. How? He sits at the desk. I get and I start to pray in the spirit. Are you listening to me? And yes, you can do it in your car, but that's happened to me. And that thing hits me and I have to pull over the side of the road. Because when you get into intercession and travail, you can't do anything else. If you can, you're not in it. That's right. When you're in it, you can't, you can't look, you can't focus. You can't do anything but pray. It's happened to me many times when I'm driving because I like to drive and pray and I'll have to pull over to the side of the road. In fact, we birthed our aviation department in the forests of Gatlingburg, Tennessee, in the, in the forest because I was praying and that spirit of travail came on me in the car and I pulled over to a side and for 30 minutes, it was such a deep intercessory groaning and birthing. And when, I mean, I felt like my stomach was going to explode. It's physically challenging. And when I, and when that, but see, I felt the anointing come on. See, a divine given. And I felt it come off. 
but I had to position myself by praying in tongues for an hour. You see what I'm saying? When I was done, I said, my God, Lord, what was I? I didn't even know what I was praying for. And he said, you birthed an aviation department today. I remember that day. That was the first day we birthed it. You see, it took a gut-wrenching birthing like a woman. There is a, there's a pressure. There's an effort. There's something that is very deep. There's something that requires something of you. Do you understand? When you get into that kind of praying, it's the same thing. That's why he called it travail because he knows the word travail is associated with childbear, child, child having children. Do you understand? And there are different levels of it, but it can turn situations that you, I hope, I hope you're, I hope you're hearing the, the good news today. I hope you're hearing the encouragement today. This can change situations that you're facing that nothing else is working. This is a, it's like, it's like God is handing out missiles. Do you want it? Because you're going to face something, son, that you, you don't, you have no idea the power of the devil. You have no idea what he can do. You just, you're on your little high horse saying, amen, Jesus is the victor. And he is. But until you've gone a few rounds with a heavier foe, which a lot of people haven't, but I have. You realize that I'm not afraid of the devil. I have dominion over him, but I respect him. He's a worthy adversary. And there's a lot of things a lot of people don't realize how serious it is. And I know that some things are just a little thing and some things are a big thing. And on the little things, I can deal with it in a certain way. But on the bigger things, I need my missile. I need my tank buster. I need, I need that, that, that working torpedo. And God is offering it. He is saying, you want the secret to success? You're going to need this in order to move things in your life. May not need it today, but you might need it next week. Your kids might be fine today, but uh, six months from now, they may face something that you need to turn for them in the prayer closet. Are you listening to me? Your church. Your church is going to need you to do some of this if it's going to step into the fullness of my plan. This is about your life, but it's also about promise of life. And when you get into that, those deeper areas of prayer and you let the Holy Ghost put that in, he gives you that. Now, listen, Jenny, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm positioned and I'm praying and I sense that, that, that anointing come on me to do that deeper form of prayer, I, now that's God's done his part. He handed me the pen. I have to write. I have to yield to that anointing. And I have to pray no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it is. I have to be focused. I can't be cooking. I can't, I gotta, I've got to focus because when that anointing comes, you can't drive, you can't cook, you can't work, you can't type, you can't do anything. You can pray in tongues and do the other things, but not when that anointing comes. And so I've got to yield to that and pray it out. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it can get so intense. I've pleaded with God. I'm sure you've done it too, Taylor. I've pleaded with God and say, Lord, please take it off. I can't, I can't, I can barely breathe. I can't do this much longer. I physically, I can't do this much longer. And sometimes he listens to me and I'll feel it come off and then it will come on on my next prayer session. Other times he don't listen to me. And he says, no, you pray this through. It's time sensitive. There's things that are need. If you don't finish this, there's going to be loss out there. So I need you to pray through right now. I don't care how hard it is. You pray it through. And then you pray until you feel that thing lift off you. And if it's God lifting off you, there'll always be a sense of joy. There'll be a sense of victory. There'll be a sense of relief, but also joy. And then, you know, hey, you know what I've just done? I've just given birth to something. 
in the realm of the spirit, something had to, something had to be birthed so it could manifest in the natural realm so that I could have victory or so that the person I'm praying for could have victory or so that the church could have victory because I'm certainly not always praying for myself. A little while ago, I got in the spirit and I saw Rob's face. And the Lord started to show me some things. And then that spirit of prayer came on me. Now, you see, I was positioned because I was praying in tongues. But when that spirit of prayer comes on me, intercession and travail follows. And I began to groan and groan and groan and groan for him and for his family. And I don't even know to this day what I was praying about. Because God don't always tell you because it's none of your cotton picking business. And you shouldn't really even ask him. Now, I ask him because I'm allowed because I'm his pastor. Certain things I have a right to know. But certain things, even as a pastor, he won't tell me. If you're not somebody's pastor, don't ask God what it was about, none of your business. But when God puts somebody in your heart and that spirit of prayer comes on you, that spirit of intercession comes on you, yield to it, because in the realm of the spirit, you are giving birth to things on that person's behalf. So that in the spirit it has come forth, now it's only a matter of time that the natural will catch up to the spiritual and whatever you were praying will start to manifest in victory for that person's life. You see how important this ministry of prayer is. But most people are just skimming like a rock across the top of a pond. They're skimming the surface in tongues and they think they're shooting the moon. Are you listening to me? And you think, wow, God, look at me, Lord, I'm, yeah, you think you're that spiritual because you pray in tongues? You're barely in JK and you think you're now PhD. Some of you don't even pray in tongues. You're not even at the kindergarten level. And we have all of them in this room right now. We have ones that aren't even kindergarten and we have ones that are in graduate work. How does you preach a sermon to such a wide swath of people's experience? Well, the Holy Ghost will take little bits of this and touch individual hearts so that they'll grow because sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose. But for some people, they'll just give them a couple nuggets to help them get to that next level. And for the more advanced one, there'll be other nuggets to get you to the next level. The Holy Ghost, that's what the anointing is for. He takes a sermon and 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 he touches every individual heart knowing every person's at a different level. Don't let this discourage you. No matter where you are, start. If you say, well, pastor, I'm not even skipping stones. I'm just sitting on the bank looking. Well, then tomorrow, so make a decision. Say, Father, I'm going to set my watch if I have to. But I'm going to pray in tongues for five minutes. And that five minutes will feel like five hours. And your brain will think of everything from chicken teriyaki to the, to the Rocky Mountains. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, when you pray in an unknown tongue, your mind is unfruitful. It is not being used and it will wander. So you have to learn to quieten and focus your mind and say, Father, and that's, it helps if you target your tongues and you pray for something specific. But you could also pray in general. So I can say, Father, dear God, I know he needs it. So I pray for Reverend Greg. But Sonia needs it more. So I pray for Reverend Sonia. I pray for Deanne. Now, if I'm praying for Deanne, I'm targeting my tongues. I've got to quieten my mind because it's not being used. And now all I'm doing is praying as he's giving me the ability, but I cooperate by speaking it. And so I'm praying in tongues. All I'm doing, brother and sister, is skipping stones. I'm not going underneath the water by that, Jenny. I'm skipping stones. I'm on the surface. Don't think you're that great because you're on the surface. Because there are depths under the surface. 
But the more now, as I step into the spirit and my mind focuses and that anointing increases and I can sense something's different, my praying is different, now I've stepped into the spirit. I'm still aware of everything around me. Now that stone is not skipping. It's gone just underneath the surface of the water. Now I'm a submarine and I'm moving. But you know those submarines, there are things still out. You little things out there. Uh, you're just at the surface. You're just under the surface. But now keep going. Go to level two. And now you start going down. And, go to, and just keep going. That's why prayer takes time. Prayer takes time. You can't, you can't get to levels in 30 minutes. It takes time. It takes a commitment. It takes a lifestyle. It's like, Lord, I do this now as a lifestyle instead of all this other stuff that did consume me. Not that any of it's wrong, but it's not as important as getting below the surface. And the more you go, that anointing will start helping you. And you'll see there's different anointings in prayer. And they're not always to intercede. There's just anointings. And sometimes you'll see your tongues will change. And there'll be a warring tongue or a rejoicing tongue. And then you'll know things. And the gifts of the Spirit will begin to operate. And, and you'll be kind of under the surface by two feet. And you'll go for a while. And you'll be engaging the spirit realm. And you'll come up and you'll go, Oh my God, I'm in revival. But what you don't know is it's a thousand feet beneath you. But enjoy your two feet if you've never enjoyed it. Get comfortable with two feet because six months from now, the Holy Ghost is going to push you down a bit more. He's going to say, now you're good at that, but now I want you to experience this. And I'm telling you, there's a whole world down there. And they'll put you down further. And then you'll start to intercede. And then he'll start saying, and he'll show you things in your life. Say, now begin to intercede for that and watch it turn. It's amazing. Greg, you, I start praying for things and my wife and I look back. We keep our confession, but we look back. And it's just amazing. It's just like we get a call and say, we don't know how this happened, but this situation, and we just smile. Amen. They don't know how it happened, but we know how it happened because we got in the spirit and we interceded for it. It's almost like works like magic. I don't like to use that phrase, but Dad Hagen used that phrase. He said, this works like magic. It's, it's, it's an unknown power that Christians don't know and the devil wants to keep you ignorant because if he can keep you ignorant of this, there won't be a revival. If he can keep you ignorant of this, your children will never serve God. Your health will never improve. There are things that have to be accomplished by intercessory prayer that nothing else will work. And there are levels with it and the deepest is travail and don't try to get to the deepest right away. Let the spirit lead you in. I know when, I'm di when I dive, I used to dive a lot. Now I'm just a whale. You know, you can't, whales can't dive very well. But I'm getting more like a dolphin. You wait and see. The, the dolphin anointing, come on me, Rob. Now the whale anointing is gone. Praise God. I'm getting there. Hallelujah. No, my wife's very proud of me. You'd be very proud of me. My suits, I can all do my buttons up on my suits now. I couldn't before. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm getting there. Praise God. But I'm just saying, what was that? Yes, I, I said something about Officer Wales. I've forgotten my train of thought. <laughs> but when I, when I used to scuba dive, they, don't, they didn't take me down to 80 feet the first dive. They would take me in sections. I have to get my, my inner ear. I have to equalize, they call it. I have to learn what it feels like at certain depths. Then on the exam, they take you all the way down. I did it in New Zealand. They take you all the way down to the bottom. There was a great white shark swimming above us. Um, I, I did pee my pants, but it was okay. It was a wetsuit. Nobody noticed. But they make you kneel down on the thing and the guy's looking at you and you have to do all these maneuvers. You have to take your pack off. You have to change out your valve, hold your breath while you're doing it. 
If you panic, you'll drown because you can't get to the top that fast. You'll get the bends. You have to take your mask off, do it, blow bubbles, get your mask cleared, do your regulator. There's all these things and you have to do that before they'll pass you to get your patty final, final lesson. You, you know, there's a, there's a thing that, anyway. But I tell you, they don't do that on the first day. That's very nerve wracking when you're down there. Because I'm thinking if I panic and I start to choke, I can't get that far up quickly enough without it affecting, I can actually get, I can get sick or die. So you have to stay very calm. And when there's a shark swimming above you, it's a little harder to stay calm. But you have to stay very calm, very focused. And he's constantly, listen to me, he's constantly, he constantly he's kneeling right in front of me and he constantly tapped me and say, look. Because he could see, I, I'm starting to get nervous. Look, calm. You know how to do this, calm. You see, he's taking me in steps and he's with me. He never leaves me. The instructor's with me. And when I'm getting, I don't understand what's going on. He, get, look at me. Praise God, I'm telling you. It's a perfect parallel to prayer because he don't leave you. He won't take you to the deepest part on the first day. He will get you comfortable. He'll get you skillful. He'll get you where you're not weird and nuts. He'll get you where you're not all proud and arrogant about it. And you're announcing to everybody your prayer life. He'll, he, there's lessons and tests you have to pass. There's attitude and character issues you have to pass. And then there's skill in praying you have to pass. But he'll take you down. And he'll take you down. And he'll take you down. And when, the, when you're in those deeper areas and you're praying in ways that you've never prayed before. And you don't even know, Lord, is this even normal? Uh, uh, what's going on? And, and I feel him say, look at me. Look at me. This is fine. Trust me. Trust me. He's with you. We're not going to get strange with it. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. But you need the word and you need the spirit to keep you on track. And I'm telling you, you can get. Rachel Tiefertiller wasn't even a fivefold minister. Neither was Jeannie Wilkerson. The greatest prayer ladies probably in history that we know of were not even a fivefold office. They were regular housewives. But they got so hungry. And they said, I, I, Lord, if you'll let me, I give you my vessel. Let me change things for Dad Hagen. Let me change things for the body of Christ. You know, Jeannie went into, she was in intercessory prayer, groanings, and she left her body. And she walked into the White House. Her spirit did. Rachel, Rachel, not, not Jeannie. She walked into the Oval Office. She walked behind the desk and she saw Monica Lewinsky and she saw what she was doing to the president. You think this is not a joke? Intercessors can clean out problems even in politics. She saw it in the spirit that they were having sex and she started to deal with that. In intercessory prayer. And what was she dealing with it? That it would come out and, and then she, when she came out, she, she told Dad Egg and she said, I was in the Oval Office cleaning out the White House. And within a week, that whole thing came out. Because God's not going to, when there's intercessors, the secret sins of men will be revealed. <laughs> I could tell you stuff about Barack Obama, which I won't right now for sake of time. But Randy's got in the spirit. Randy's done intercessory prayer and he's got in the spirit and he has changed things regarding the Obama administration. 
Pastor Nancy, I was with her in Texas. She got in the spirit. And I believe she, as well as others, changed the outcome of what probably would have happened with that when Trump and Hillary were running. Yep. She got in the spirit. She started to say things by the spirit. I'm telling you, the holy power of God came in that church. I was, I didn't want to move. I was, it was such a holy thing. But you see, those deeper forms of prayer can do things politically. They can do things for your children. They can do things for your health. They can do things for this congregation. They can do things for other people in this congregation. They can do things for this church corporately. They can do things for revival. They can hold back demonic power. This type of thing is what we're after. Getting skillful with the deeper, not the skimming, the deeper forms of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got so many quotes, I got so many notes, but I just felt the Lord say, just talk from your heart because sometimes the notes can get so legalistic and specific. And I know that we got such a wide plethora of people's experience in this room. No matter where you are, start. And I feel the Holy Ghost saying to me right now, son, there's some that aren't even, that, that don't even speak in other tongues. And they are concerned about that. And it bothers them that they can't enter in. Well, I'm telling you, if you've been prayed for already for this more than once, and there's a blockage there, you need to get hungry enough to set some time aside out of your schedule. If you're hungry enough for it, you'll clear your schedule. Take a few days off work. Turn off your phone. Get before God. Call out to him with all your heart. That was says when you search for him with all your heart, you will find him. Search for him and say, Father, I don't know where the blockage is, if it's unforgiveness, if it's this, if it's that, if it's demonic, if it's not demonic, I don't know, but I need you to show me because I am not leaving this prayer closet until I have my shakurobo shikahashtibishti. Now, I just heard the Holy Ghost say, say that somebody needs to hear that. I don't know who that person is. But you've been saying that you want it. And by the laying on of hands, for whatever reason, you haven't got it. But there is never, it's never hopeless. You just have to get hungry enough to clear your schedule. And when you go into that closet, you fast. And you don't come out till you've got it. And God will show up in that closet. And he will answer you. Hallelujah. There is, you've got to be able to pray in other tongues if you're ever going to get down to the deeper levels because tongues is skimming the surface. You are technically touching the spiritual realm. And the longer you pray in tongues, you'll enter the spiritual realm. But it is just the surface. Pray in tongues more than you are because you need to get skillful on the surface. But don't think you've shot the moon because there's a thousand feet of ocean underneath you. There's a whole world of the spirit underneath you that you have not yet touched or enjoyed, let alone getting skillful with. And it takes a lifetime, so don't get discouraged. Just start where you're at today. Let this motivate you to leave here and have a desire to pray in other tongues. Let this motivate you to go into the closet and say, Lord, I'm dealing with a huge problem here and I'm using my faith and I will keep, but I'm going to add another weapon now to it. I pray in the Holy Ghost, give me the divine given instrument of travail. Give me intercessory prayer. I will yield, I will flow, and I will turn that problem. And he will come opposite you, Jenny. He will come opposite you. The Bible says to come against, opposite means against, and to look at you eye to eye and say, I have come. 
Man, when I begin to travail, when I begin to groan, it's like the Holy Ghost is saying, I have come to help you. Oh my God. I have, Holy Ghost, thank you, sir. I can't do this on my own, but I'm positioned. I'm cooperating and I'm doing my part, but I need the divine given instrument of travail. Help me. And that anointing hits me and I start to move that thing with God. And then a few days later, in the natural, the situation has turned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This works. And we have to get skillful if we're going to see the revival that God intends for our city. Because revival takes much praying. I'll get into it next Sunday. But there's three main areas that you need to travail. That you need intercessory slash travail for. Number one, you need it to get people saved. You can witness them. They might get saved right away. But when you start to do this, they'll, they'll, they'll come to you. When you start doing this, evangelism takes on a whole new meaning. Number two, you need it for the, for the Christians that are already saved to become mature. Intercession will do that. And number three, and these are general categories, you need intercessory type of travailing prayer to move God's hand. So where there is an outpouring of a spirit, what we would call a revival. And they're all in the Bible. I'm going to give you verses for all of them. And we're going to talk about them. But we've got to start talking about this because most people, Greg, think that they're, they're now professional prayers because they've skipped the stone across the lake. And they have no idea that until you've gone down into the deeper areas, there's a lot more God wants for you. But he needs you to be hungry enough to yield to him and to position yourself for the divine given instrument. Hallelujah. Are you hungry this morning? Are you getting hungrier? I know you're all busy with your jobs and your lives, but just get hungrier. He'll, he'll meet you where you're at. Heavenly Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this tremendous, and Lord, I'm just skipping the surface in the teaching on it. Lord, there's so much to share. I, I, I just, I don't even feel like I know how to articulate it, and I certainly don't have enough time. But there's, I'm just skipping stones this morning, even in the teaching, I'm just scratching the surface. But Lord, let at least the skipping of stones bring great encouragement to them. Bring great encouragement to them. Let them know that they will never face anything in this life that travail cannot turn. I'll say it again. They will never face any foe, any darkness, any test and trial, any attack, any sickness that intercessory travail cannot turn. As long as it's mixed with the obedience of following the leading of the Spirit. Because, Lord, we can travail, but if we disobey you in other areas, then we open a door. But, Lord, assuming that we're following the leading, no matter what we ever face, no matter how dark it ever gets, it can always turn with this kind of prayer. It doesn't always turn with lighter kinds, but it always turns with this kind. Lord, thank you for Wigglesworth. Intercession can unlock any safe in the world. Meaning, no matter how hard it is, we can't get into some things. We're locked out of some things. We can't get victory. We can't get access. Intercession gives us access. Lord, let us start getting skillful by just starting to have a desire to pray in the Spirit more. That's step one. Let us pray until we step into that realm. That's step two. And then, Lord, begin to teach us as we submerge now into the waters of prayer. Teach us as we go. You're with us. You'll never leave us. You, 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 we're looking at you eye to eye. You're going to teach us as we go. And we're going to start seeing things change in our lives, in our businesses, with our children, with our marriage, with our health, with our church, with our nation. 
Father, if we can get a, a room full of intercessors, we can turn politics in Canada. It's not the picketing line that works. It's the intercessors that turn things in that realm and the natural follows suit. Lord, that's why the devil fights this message so much. That's why he keeps pastors in ignorance so much. That's why he wants us all to be busy, busy, busy. Because he doesn't want us having time on our side. Because we need knowledge to have skill, but we need time. We need knowledge and skill, but we need time. Time to pray. And we can turn the impossible. So Father, let us not be so busy. Let us carve time out for this. Let us not be ignorant any longer. Let us listen to this message again in the first two parts and let us start to absorb it. Let us come hungry next Sunday for the next level as we go a little deeper in this. And Lord, let us all decide we want to turn things in our life, our neighbor's life, our family's life, our church's life, and even our nation's life. We have a right because if we can get to the deeper places of prayer, nothing is impossible. We give you praise for it and we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, hallelujah, hallelujah.